Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. It's your boy Johnny Clutch talking about the latest sports news and giving hot takes on the sports that I love. Obviously, the biggest news in the NBA has been the Lakers drama lately. The Lakers continue to continue their struggles with losses recently against the Pelicans team without Anthony Davis and the Memphis Grizzlies. They are now three games out of the last playoff spot, and I have to say I really don't see a scenario where they get into the playoffs, especially if they especially if they keep playing with a true true lack of urgency, particularly on a defensive end. It's ironic I refer to the lack of urgency. It's the same thing LeBron said after a loss to the Pelicans, and when he said it, it sounded like that he wasn't talking about himself at all. He looked like he was just pointing to his teammates and saying that they're lacking the urgency. As a so-called leader of the team, he should take more responsibility, especially when, he, especially when you look at his defensive lapses on video that have gotten some attention on social media where he is showing lack of communication, just flat out not trying on defense, leaving three-point shooters open, just showing no regard for that side of the floor, just showing absolutely no awareness. And when you say things like this, and you're, it looks like you're just finger-pointing so you aren't taking the blame, and it's a bad look, especially with your own teammates. Now, I do agree that the trade rumors involving, you know, basically the entire Lakers roster is affecting their play. They should just grow up. Trades, unfortunately, are part of the NBA business. If that was me, I'd want to drop 40 points a game or at least do things to help my team win to prove my front office wrong. They obviously were upset about the rumors because they like being Lakers, so prove prove to them why they should keep you. Now, with all that said, all these rumors have obviously ruined the team chemistry. Now, remember, before LeBron got injured, they were fourth in the Western Conference coming off a big win over the Golden State Warriors on Christmas Day. And now they can't even get wins against teams in the basement of the conference in games they really need to win. The main factors for the Lakers' struggles is that these trade rumors have led every player to believe that they are just pawns. They aren't playing for for the Lakers' team anymore. They're just playing as individuals. The other reason is LeBron's passive-aggressive, whiny comments to the media after the game that was probably leading to his teammates rolling their eyes at him due to his lack of effort that he has taken no responsibility for. I truly don't see the Lakers making the playoffs. The season is soon coming to an end, and they have a lot of ground to make up. If they lose tonight against the Pelicans, I will say there's probably a 100% chance in terms of them not making the playoffs. If they want any chance at all, tonight is a must-win game for them. But I want to touch upon something here. I'm not really surprised at all of this about where Lakers currently stand in the Western Conference. I thought coming into the season at best they'd be a 7 or 8 seed. Look at last season. This wasn't some team that was on the verge of becoming a true contender. They won like 30-something games. Just adding one player doesn't change everything. Especially when you consider that particular player is currently in a 16th season. LeBron... It has really shown at this year. He's really shown his age, and he's not the type of player anymore that can carry a team, you know, by himself. And especially in a tough Western Conference, if they were in the East, it would be a different story. They'd probably be in the top four or five. But the Western Conference, it's almost a tough game every night. There's not really any easy easy games in the Western Conference. They've honestly had the easiest games they can possibly have recently against Memphis and New Orleans, and those teams are still, you know, pretty good. I mean, they're not good, but they're gonna fight. The only team that's probably easy game in the Western Conference is the lowly Phoenix Suns. And when you see LeBron taking plays off on defense and stuff like that, yeah, maybe because of his age, but you can't do that in the Western Conference. There's no doubt there's going to be a lot of turnover of the Lakers roster in the offseason. This isn't going to be the same team they're going to have 
I expect a coach to change. Luke Walton won't be there anymore, whether it's his fault or not. But I will also say this. It'll be tough for LeBron to attack other star players to come to his team because, in a way, I agree with what Kevin Durant said earlier in the season when there's a toxic environment around LeBron. And Durant was basically saying things along the lines of, when LeBron wins, it's basically all LeBron gets all the credit. All of his people give him all the credit. And then when LeBron loses, you know, they blame his teammates. You know, look at in Cleveland, I remember whenever LeBron lost, everyone would, you know, freaking throw a ton of blame on Kevin Love when it really wasn't all his fault. Yeah, maybe he didn't play the best game, but it wasn't all his fault. It was other teammates involved as well, and LeBron deserved responsibility back then too. I remember Miami, it was guys like Chris Bosh that were getting the blame. You know, Dwayne Wade would get blamed sometimes. I think this is the main reason why Paul George decided to stay in OKC. He could either stay in OKC, where right now I would think he's the best player on the team. He's It's basically 1A, 1B with him and Russell Westbrook. Or you go to LeBron, where you're definitely second fiddle, and whenever your team loses, the blame's going to be placed on you. And you see LeBron's being a key contributor in that now because he's deflecting blame off of him. So if you just say you're Anthony Davis, you have to be really questioning yourself, do you really want to be in the Lakers with LeBron? I think it's a question that people really should be asking. When you really think about it, when has LeBron ever really attracted a free agent to come to his team? When he went to Miami, you know, Dwayne Wade recruited LeBron to come to Miami. You know, Chris Bosh was already there too. Dwayne Wade was a big part in bringing Chris Bosh in. And then when you look at Cleveland, he didn't really attract Kyrie or Kevin Love to come there. Kyrie Irving was already there because he was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers, obviously. And Kevin Love, they got via trade. So this whole narrative about stars wanting to play with LeBron, I think, it has is somewhat false. Now, will that change this offseason? We'll see. But for right now, I don't know. I have some doubts that they're going to be able to get a second or even, or even a third star to come with LeBron. And also, you have to look on the other side of this. When, when was the last time the Lakers, other than LeBron James, attracted a big free agent to come there? It's really been a while. I mean, when you consider, you know, I think the last time you can say a really big time free agent came to Lakers before LeBron was Shaquille O'Neal. In between Shaquille O'Neal and LeBron, that's about a, what, 17 to 18 year window. And they got, they obviously already had Kobe Bryant. They got him in a draft day trade a few years before they got Shaq. So he obviously doesn't count. Pau Gasol they got in a trade. And you would have to think if they don't attract a huge free agent, LeBron's probably going to have regrets about wanting to come to the Lakers. And that really could happen. What if Anthony Davis does get traded to the Celtics? What if Kawhi Leonard stays or go to the, or decides to go to the Clippers? What if Klay Thompson stays? Jimmy Butler, what if he stays? What if Kyrie Irving stays in Boston or goes to the Knicks? What if Kevin Durant says, you know what? I like winning championships with the Warriors. I'm going to stay here and we're going to win a fourth one. And yes, I said fourth because I think it's a foregone conclusion that he wins his third this year. But anyways, those are all things that could possibly happen. And the Lakers really striking out in free agency. I mean, yeah, I know talking about all these getting these all these free agents is fun, but when you put all that your eggs into your into that basket, you know, of pitching these free agents to come to the Lakers and they don't come, what are you left with? And especially in the Lakers' case, when you have all these young players that, you know, are feeling like pawns right now true that due to Anthony Davis trade rumors, it's going to be tough to turn around and bring them back for next season. And I know that wasn't what they planned. LeBron didn't want to play with these young guys, and that's what we're seeing this year. LeBron, LeBron and Magic are viewing this as kind of a test-run season, if you will. They want to see who they want to keep for the future, who they want to pair up with LeBron, and whoever else they want to bring in. But their plan will be a huge failure to them, at least, if they can't get another free agent to come in, and I would have to agree with that.
breaking NFL news came out, the Philadelphia Eagles won't give out the franchise tag in Nick Foles, and he will become an unrestricted free agent. Now, this is kind of a weird situation for the Philadelphia Eagles of Nick Foles. Carson Wentz is obviously the better talent, but they win more with Nick Foles. It's tough to figure out. It probably because Foles is the better leader, all that stuff. The team just seems to play better when Nick Foles is the quarterback. And I never really expected them to choose Foles over Wentz because of all the stuff they gave up for Wentz. You know, Wentz is younger, all that. But I wouldn't really, you know, bash him if they kept Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. Honestly, I would keep Nick Foles over Carson Wentz just for a couple simple reasons. One, you know what you're getting with Foles just because of Carson Wentz's injury history. You know Foles can stay healthy. Carson Wentz is really a question mark in the next coming years. And number two, I bet you any money, just say you did an anonymous poll of all the Philadelphia Eagles players in that locker room, and you said, one game for our lives, who do you who do you want as our quarterback, Carson Wentz or Nick Foles? I bet you any money, Nick Foles would at least get 70% of that vote, maybe even more. But anyways, with that being said, Nick Foles will be an unrestricted free agent. I think that the best fit for him would probably be the Jacksonville Jaguars, and right now, according to reports per Adam Schefter, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the favorites to land Nick Foles. They have full intent to want to go after him and sign him. And I see it as a good fit because, yeah, obviously, he would be a huge upgrade of, over what they've had at that position for the last many years. We've talked about the likes of Blaine Gabbert, Blake Bortles. He obviously is better than those guys, a proven Super Bowl winner. And if you just think about it, a couple years ago when Blake Bortles was actually playing okay, They made it to the AFC Championship game, and they almost beat the New England Patriots. So you place Nick Foles in that team with that defense. Hopefully they can keep Leonard Fournette. I know they've had a lot of issues with him recently. There have been trade rumors with him and all that stuff. But I've heard that they've had their issues resolved, and he will stay there, but we'll see about that. But you add Nick Foles to that mix of all those pieces they already have in place. I honestly don't see any way they aren't a contender this coming season. And I know it sounds like a far stretch for a team that just went, what was it, 5-11 and 11 or 6-10 and 10 last season. But like I said, just a couple years ago, when they had okay quarterback play, they were close to the Super Bowl, and I see them doing that again with Nick Foles. Nick Foles, as you've seen, is a great leader. He can uplift teams. Jacksonville had a lot of problems in the locker room this last season with all the different egos and personalities in there like Jalen Ramsey, but I think Nick Foles can, you know, a leader like that can really change a lot of things. Now, he might need some receiver help too. Marquise Lee might be coming back this season. That He was sorely missed this last season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe they signed someone else in free agency. And when you really think about it, when I think about Doug Marone's offense, obviously I have experience watching his offense with the Buffalo Bills, and you saw him with the New Orleans Saints. He's pretty much, you know, kind of a Sean Payton follower. You know, in terms of he wants to spread the wealth in his passing offense. And Nick Foles was pretty good with that in Philadelphia. That was a big reason why they won more with him over Carson Wentz is that he spread it around to guys, not just Zach Ertz, who it seems like uh, Carson Wentz would lock onto, but he spread it around to Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, Nelson Aguilar, all those guys. And when you really look at it, that division will become really tough if Nick Foles gets into it. You have an improved Jacksonville team over last season that could return to their contender form. Indianapolis is looking really good. They have all those draft picks. They just got to the second round of the playoffs. They looked really good at the end of the season. They are really up and coming. Uh, You can't sleep on the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are are no pushover. And to think, now I know that with uh, certain circumstances in place, maybe 
obviously they're not as good as the top echelon quarterbacks in the NFL, but two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, two Super Bowl MVPs will have changed teams this offseason. Joe Flacco obviously going to the Denver Broncos, and Nick Foles will go to another team. I think it'll probably be Jacksonville or whoever else it's going to be. But still, it's pretty odd to think that two former Super Bowl MVP quarterbacks will be changing teams, but it will happen this offseason. And there almost was a third, Eli Manning, but Eli Manning's going to be staying with the New York Giants. Let me touch upon this real quick. Now, I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of Giants fans in particular, are probably rolling their eyes over the prospect of keeping Eli Manning. But I'm really thinking about it, I think it's the right move. And I'll just tell you why. But if just say they get rid of Eli Manning, they would want to. Obviously, they're going to draft someone in the draft and take someone in the draft. It's a foregone conclusion. They're, they're going to take one of them. But if if you just say you get rid of Eli, who else are you going to get? Why would you want two new quarterbacks instead of just one? You have Eli Manning, who already knows the system, stuff like that. You can put him out there, game one, everything, opening day starter. He's done that a million times before. You have no issues with that. I mean, it's a lot better idea than what the Bills put out there last year when they were trying to, you know, when they actually had to throw Josh Allen to the Wolves week two because they threw out Nathan Peterman, of all people, week one, and he just looked absolutely terrible. He couldn't get the Bills past midfield. You just couldn't put him out there anymore and, you know, say that, oh, he's our best chance to win. At least when you're putting Eli Manning out there, at least you're putting something out there that you can sell and say, you know what, he's getting us at least down the field. We have a chance to win a game with him, as opposed to just say you get rid of Eli Manning and you'll have to throw someone else in there that's also learning the offense as well. And I'll have to say it probably will be Eli Manning's last season. You don't have to stomach one more season of him. I know, you know, Giants fans are probably sick of him, even though he won two Super Bowls, all that stuff. But it really is the right move, in my opinion, for the Giants to just keep them. Depending on how whoever they bring in comes along, it, it may not even be a case where Eli Manning even starts the whole season anyway. And I must say, whoever gets drafted by a Giants, whoever, whichever quarterback does, it's not really a bad situation when you look, really look at it. In a lot of years, these teams in the top five are probably terrible franchises. They haven't won in years. They have no team in place. But when you look at the Giants... They already have Saquon Barkley in place, who I think is a top five running back, a top five receiver in Odell Beckham. They have a good offensive line as their head coach in Pat Shermer, and and he gets and whoever gets drafted gets to sit back and learn behind Eli Manning, who has a lot of experience. So whether it's guys like Haskins or Kyler Murray or whoever else they're considering, it should be interesting to see who the Giants pick and how this plan with him learning under Eli works out. I'd like to thank everyone that listened to this podcast. Please hit that subscribe button and interact on any social media platform that you see this on. Leave likes, comments, share. Until next time, it's your boy, Johnny Clutch. Peace out.